Hello, welcome to Recapping with Delora and Ashley. Please follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Recapping Podcast. Also, comment, rate, and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. We're on all the things. We would love to hear your ratings of the movies and shows we review. Email us your audio file to recappingpodcast at gmail.com and we will play it during the show. Or DM us on Instagram and we will post and read it on air. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you. How are you doing today? I'm good, girl. I'm good. How are you? I am great because we are going to be recapping Vivo. (laughs) So many pictures, animations. Actually, so many pictures first animated musical. I was really surprised Mm. to find that out. Vivo rated PG came out August 6th. 2021 it is a comedy musical kid family animation film it's about an hour and 38 minutes and here's a quick summary a music loving kikachu embarks on the journey of a lifetime to fulfill his destiny and deliver a love song for an old friend this film ashley stars lin-manuel miranda as vivo Zoe Saldana as Rosa, Juan DeMarcos Gonzalez as Andreas, Brian Teray Henry, aka Paperboy from the <laughs> ATL show, as Dan Carino. We have Michael Rooker as Lutador. You might know him from Guardians of the Galaxy and The Walking Dead. Cole Byer as Valentina. And we have Yonora. Simo as Gabby. This is her first film. We have the great Gloria Esteban as Mata. All right. The director and screenwriter is Kirk D'Amico. He's also known for his work with The Crudes, which is also a fun, mm-hmm. fun movie. Of course, Lynn Manuel Miranda for the lyrics of the songs. We have Alec Rockamore for music. We know him for his work in In the Heights, Hamilton, as well as Dear Evan Hansen. This is apparently his first solo film score. And he himself is a Cuban-American. And he actually grew up in all the locations in this film. We have Kiera Judies as the other screenwriter for this film. And she also did In the Heights. So I thought it was interesting because Lin-Manuel in an interview said that she's the one that brought Gabby into the picture Hmm. um, with the original story. So great decision. uh, Ratings for this film. Rotten Tomatoes critics gave this film 86% and 75% by audience score. And Google users gave this score 69%. Hmm. Well, that was interesting. Ashley, what's your grade for this film? I have to say real quick, I did not know Zoe Saldana was Rosa. And I'm embarrassed by that because Zoe Saldana is my girl. And I always said if I was a, had a sister in a film, it would be her and uh journey so my bad sis uh my grade for this is a b and i'm giving it a b because for a kids film it was a little heavy with uh themes of death and grief but the vibrancy of the animation and the glorious 
Gabby gave it the lift it needed to really entertain throughout. And of course, uh, the music. So it gets a B for enjoyability for me. What about you? All right. Thank you, Ashley. I gave this film a B also. (laughs) I'm not going to lie. I was teeter-tottering between BB minus only because... It's the great Lin-Manuel Miranda, and because I am such a fan, and he's such a friend of the podcast, of course, Ashley, (laughs) um, it's a little bit more of the same. Like, if you know his trick, you pick up all all his tricks in this film as well. I'm I'm glad you said that. Let me say real quick, because I thought it was just me. I was like, am I just getting too familiar with his work that now I I know how he writes and I know how he puts together a song like his cadence and his rhythm are very similar across the board. Inconsistent. Yes. Okay. Yes. But at the same time, this film is to your point, extremely vibrant. Like there are moments in this movie where the animation was just simply breathtaking. Mm -hmm. Like I just was blown away. I also successfully bawled my eyes out at certain points. (laughs) Did you? I did. And I'll explain more. And then you ain't making me feel like I'm cold hearted sometimes. (laughs) He crying on me. Just have a baby. Just have a baby. (laughs) I used to be I used to take pride in the fact that I never cried at nothing. Yeah. And I, these commercials alone begin to, <laughs> to assist. But the fact that this music was Cuban music and like they had Cuban royalty in Gloria Esteban. Yes. And like, it just was so good. It was so good. And it just gets you hyped when you sing it. And, and, and this movie also was extremely accessible for the whole family, which is, something that is very rare sometimes like some animations can be too adult I feel like sometimes for sure a la soul I don't know how any kid picked up (laughs) picked up the themes of that film that was heavy had beautiful and we loved it and check out that recap oh but one other thing I was gonna say is it's great that this is coming uh as Lynn's next project off after in the heights because there was so much diversity in the colors one of my questions yep 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 and then the melanin popping. Go ahead. <laughs> the other part about the music that I love is the diversity of genre in this whole entire movie as well. You have traditional human music as well as the hip hop and then everything in between. So really, really, really love this. All right. So with that being said, time for our spoiler alert. We start the movie off in Cuba, we have Andreas and Vivo, his pet Kikachu, uh, a rainforest little creature. Okay. <laughs> um, Andreas, I looked them up, by the way. They are not cute to me in real they life. They are not cute at all. It's terrifying. I was like, if that was on somebody's shoulder, I would run. <laughs> Girl, <laughs> the animators did this animal justice. Okay. Um, Vivo and Andreas live a very modest but the happy life in Cuba and uh, they play for music. Uh, Andreas is a great musician and we find this out because he receives a letter one day and this letter is from the great Marta who is the great Cuban American singer who wants him to perform one last time with her as she retires at the Mambo Cabana in Miami. 
Vivo is a little bit hesitant about traveling because in my opinion, he probably dealt with some PTSD after being trapped in a fruit crate that fell <laughs> off in Cuba. You know what I mean? Yeah. But Andreas is so excited and he, you could tell how loved he is by his community because they raised funds for him to go. As he packed for this wonderful trip, we are blessed with this awesome song called Mambo Cabana. And uh, this is actually one of the parts where I said was visually beautiful. And it, it, it takes him back to his youth when he used to play with Marta. And we find out that he was madly in love with her, but did not say anything and let her off to be great. Ashley, what did you think about this opening of the film? I don't think Andres gets enough credit for the fact this man taught an animal how to perform music. <laughs> Andres, how? Like this little <laughs> creature came out of a, to your point, a crate. And you somehow <laughs> taught him how to be your sidekick and be out here in the streets of Havana performing for the people. So first that of all, the music was in his veins. Yes. Okay. So first of all, kudos to you. Okay. Second of all, this whole Marta situation threw me for a little bit of a loop because for one, really? I, it did. Because for one, I love that she wrote a letter. I was like, hold on, this is current times, right? Land, y'all know landlines. Um, There's cell phones. It's yes. so it's well, I didn't know what the situation was in Cuba. I was like, hopefully at least you know, Andre, you got a landline in the house, right? Like yes. it was cute though, because it added like a romance and a level of like nostalgia yes. to their dynamic yes. for her to still write. Like I it made me start wanting to write letters again because there is something so like sexy about getting a letter from a lover. Absolutely. You know, I, I love get stationary, like that's love language for me. Like <laughs> It's, it, it's old school and it's, it's sexy and I'm here for it. So the throw me for a loop, though, was this whole idea of I couldn't tell her how I felt because then she may not have pursued her dreams. Mm -hmm. Andres, mm -hmm. you robbed both of us of a great love. I put literally yes. in my notes, I said selfish but silly. Let her decide what she wants. And then also, Andres, mm -hmm. what kept you in Havana? What were you the doing that you exactly. could not have gone taking you a little trip down With to Miami? Us. Yes. Like, That's what are we doing? Point, Ashley. Oh, well, um, you kind of already answered this, but have you ever had a great love that you never really expressed? Oh, man, probably. I mm -hmm. have not always been great about expressing my feelings in the moment when I'm feeling it. I think that mm. growing up, I lacked a certain level of emotional maturity, which is probably not as common in women as it is in men. But I just I, I didn't like being vulnerable. I didn't like being putting myself out there before in certain ways and I think it's probably to my detriment in some of my past relationships unfortunately but mm -hmm. I, I don't think I've ever felt like I'm in love with somebody and never showed it that yeah. is beyond me because again selfless of him to be so um mm -hmm. it's thinking of her first but at the same time mm -hmm. you know carpe diem Andres, Girl, seize exactly. the day, baby. Seize exactly. the day. You let this beautiful, talented woman get on this plane and you ain't say nothing? She was looking long in her eyes at him to say something. And he said nothing. 
I'm telling you. Absolutely nothing. And it would be different if I felt like there was something that kept him in Cuba. But from what we've seen, there was nothing. He never even got married and had children. Exactly. That's an excellent point, Ashley. For me, I'd never, I don't think I dealt with that. If anything, I had like a crush that I was like terrified to say anything to. (laughs) You know what I mean? And it's like... Except Valentine's Day when we used to get the box uh, of Valentine's cards to give it to everybody in class. My crush always Mm. got the the special little different card. Like, I may not have said nothing. Oh, but you're going to get that special little card. (laughs) But like, my my way of liking people is like, if I said nothing to you, that meant I really, really liked you. Oh, you was on some Beyonce stuff. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I would talk to your entire family before I would talk to you. That's how, like, because I just was, I, I was, I don't know. I don't know. I pray Amara didn't, doesn't have to go through that at all. <laughs> well, Amara seems like she's going to put herself out there. I could tell that oh. as a three-year-old. Okay. <laughs> Hopefully. So again, we have the vibrancy of um, Mamo Cabana. I wrote down the lyric, it's not too late, right? So he feels like this is his second chance to give this song that he actually wrote. For Marta, when she left, he said that he put all his love and all his sadness in this song, and he wants to present this to her. As I mentioned before, Vivo is just not having it. He's like, Miami, we go two blocks to where we need to go to (laughs) on a daily basis, okay? He was a Kikachu with attitude, okay? Absolutely. And mind you, they speak different languages, okay? So he speaks animal talk. We understand him (laughs) because of this story. But yeah, his communication with Andres was always so funny. And and Gabby, but we'll get to that. Unfortunately, by next morning, once Vivo got over himself, the great Andres had passed away with the song in his hand. Ashley, oh. Actually, the one thing about Lin-Manuel, as I mentioned previously, a lot of his music feels a little bit more of the same. <laughs> like, like I feel like I heard that before, or that phrasing before. Mm-hmm. But the one thing that is consistent is the fact that he can evoke emotion, whether it is like excitement in the song later, beat to my own drum. Or this one right here, one more song he sings. So in this song, you you were literally on a journey with Vivo in him deciding what he should do, right? Uh, he's mourning the death of his best friend or the only friend and family he knew. But then he realized he has one more song to show Andrea's life and legacy and love to live on. And so he decided that he's going to take this to Marta that'll be his big journey and some of the lyrics in the song that I absolutely loved is um if you live on it's through music and he's like I'm gonna sing louder than my fear and I I just think these are great themes especially the latter for young kids to pick up when it comes to you know still moving forward even when they're afraid but in the morning within the community Andrea's great niece and her mother comes and gather his things Mm -hmm. and we are introduced to the great Gabby (laughs) (laughs) love her Gabby right away is fascinated with this little mammal right (laughs) Vivo and she wants him to get in her bag and he's just like who are you (laughs) stranger danger 
Absolutely. But he realized the only way he's going to make it um, in time for her, for March's last show is to go ahead and hitch a ride with Gabby and her mom. Um, what were your first imp- impressions of Gabby and her mom? I was still in mourning. So mm-hmm. my first mm-hmm. watch, I had to kind of get over the fact that y'all have killed a main character in the first act of the first 20 minutes of the whole film. <laughs> So I was, I was still just kind of trying to get my bearings. I'm like, damn, you know, I'm up here rooting for this rekindling of love. It's never too late. And uh, now we're at a a memorial service. You know what I mean? So I I appreciated the fact that Gabby brought this vibrancy, this energy immediately with the purple hair and just being Mm -hmm. so bubbly and so beautiful. I loved her. And, um, I think the dynamic between her and Vivo was established very early of like, I don't want anything to do with you, but I may Mm -hmm. end up needing you to Mm -hmm. achieve my purpose because I'm just an animal and you're a human, even though you're a child. So it was just like this funny, like tag team that relationship that I was enjoying just immediately Mm -hmm. off jump because again, Vivo has such a little attitude about him and he has such a little personality that it seems like it's hard to, I was thinking for a minute, like it must've taken Andres a little bit for Vivo to warm up to him because he he don't really take to, he don't really take the people like that. He don't really take the change like that, I guess is one of the things about him. He didn't want to change. So. That's a great point, Ashley. Um, I immediately picked up on the odd couple theme, right? Mm-hmm. With uh, Gabby and Vivo and how he was like reluctant <laughs> in so many moments within this film when interacting with her. But we then are uh, taken to what's Key West, Florida, your territory, Ashley. Or, Come on down. Come on down. <laughs> I still haven't been to Key West though, but I'm, I'm going to make it. Yes, I haven't been either. We see Gabby is just like you mentioned before very lively um her mom wants her to participate in the girl scout equivalent of the sand dollars which (laughs) required selling cookies and wearing a uniform but it was so funny because gabby's like no why would i want to sell cookies and talk about the everglades like i'm me and we are then um she created a video delora she created a breakup video this day she said i made them into zombie clowns had me rolling (laughs) i was like this little girl oh my gosh well i just said it kids are really that creative right in real life they probably would have created a tiktok or something that would have went freaking Mm -hmm. viral but it was so cute yes and you know gabby quickly realized that vivo is with her and were you worried for vivo's life because i was during this transport with you i actually was not i actually was not that's so funny because i have concerns later on in this film but no that was not one of them (laughs) vivo got zipped into luggage i said can he breathe like what is happening but i couldn't see that at first i was like well thank god there was holes i said if vivo had died too this would have been the darkest children's film i've ever seen Ever, ever. But speaking of death, Ashley, Vivo makes his way to Gabby's room and there's an entire pet cemetery. I was <laughs> rolling. Uh, he was like, yo, you know, she was so excited to have him. And he's like, yeah, no, no. <laughs> it was hilarious too, because she shut it so fast. She was like, that's what she call it. My uh, petting zoo. Well, it was. Petting zoo. Right, right, right. 
And then comes the one of my favorite songs in the film, actually. My absolute favorite. My own drum. I again speaking to the brilliance of Lin Manuel Miranda. I'm sure he gets his ass kissed very often, but <laughs> <laughs> me being a um MacArthur genius and a Peabody winner and literally almost one award away from being an EGOT. But anyway. He's so witty. I do appreciate his wit and the lyricism of his songs. When she said, I'm a wow in a world full of ho-hum. Mm-hmm. I was just like, oh my God. It's <laughs> a full love, bop. It's a full I bop. Love, I love her individualism of herself. Like she does not, she does not make herself small. She does not, uh, she's never ashamed of herself. Like she is absolutely herself she's like i've always been a me not an us okay Mm -hmm. ashley so self-possessed in the kitchen back when she was talking to her mom her mom was like if you don't start bonding with some kids you're gonna be lonely she was like meh i mean like i live for gabby gabby is a whole mood like i love this kid so much and she was my daughter i would just sit back and be like this kid's gonna take over the freaking world like i can't take it exactly ashley exactly but that was a full bop i need a real like i need an artist to like remit redo that and put it out as a single because i'm gonna play that in my car the great missy elliott is on have you heard that it was at the very end i have i did not hear it i'm i'm when i say it's gonna play in my car it's it's out it's out i'll share it to you um (laughs) but when i when i saw that it was missy i was like if this is not the perfect person to be on this freaking song and i need she's the, video. the only child she's the only child too so you know we all know how wonderful and artistic the great missy elliott is so Absolutely. like I and i need like, the video with the visuals and the dance numbers that's what i need that's what i need in my life like huh i'm having fun huh, i made a bun i was a full bop a full bop. Love, love, love. And the fact that the, the animals that I re- referred to earlier rose from the dead while she was badly playing that instrument, <laughs> um, the recorder. And she just has so much confidence in, in everything she did, even when she was wrong. So, and the amazing. world better not beat it out of her because in real life, that ish happens. Do your thing, Gabby. Live your best life, sis. Yes. So I want to take a moment really quick to talk about Vivo. As you mentioned earlier, he is also self-possessed and very prideful in his abilities, <laughs> in, in his musical abilities in particular. But the thing that I love the most about him is like his, his wisecracking <laughs> towards Gabby, because I honestly um, related to it as they go on this journey, because at this point, Gabby realized that Vivo's plan is to take this one song to Marta because Andreas never had the opportunity to say, I love you. And we are on this grand adventure, right? To go to Miami. Uh, in this process, she buys tickets to the to ride the bus, but she has to pass by the Sun Dollars. And those girls are ruthless. Becky was a psycho. I said, she's going to be the nightmare of moms at the PTA. Mark my words. <laughs> In my notes, Ashley. In my notes, I'm like, Becky's giving me major Karen vibes. Like, Flat out. 
asking for Bebo's papers, like I didn't appreciate any of that. Ooh, okay. ooh that's such a good point. Oh, yes. She she's a problem. She's problematic. Now, I don't want to give too much away because you're going to get into it. But she was definitely a problematic character. Absolutely. And in their dealings to get away from this uh, sand dollars, they missed their bus. And <laughs> again, the confidence of Gabby trying to hop a freaking bridge, they miss and they land on the water, right? They land on sand. They land on, on a sand. pile of freaking sand. But you know what? Yeah. Gabby has a temperament, temperament of somebody who's going to live a long life because she does not stress over shit. <laughs> Actually, I'm so glad that you say that because, you know, Vivo is losing it, right? He's already outside his comfort zone. And one of my favorite lines that he says is he's like, proper planning prevent poor performances. Like The five Ps. The five Ps. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie when so as you mentioned they land on the sand that's on a boat that's on the water as I was trying to allude to and the the initial raft you know breaks because she decides to put her bike in it and then she creates this whole new boat she tries to jump in like jump on the boat that she created and lands in the water and I being the grown woman watching this this show was terrified like <laughs> oh my goodness you're putting this rickety boat in the water and you're jumping into the ocean without any life jacket <laughs> and the fact that gabby is laughing really actually made me take a look at myself ashley like look at this little girl she doesn't understand she's not taught the, the, the danger of this adventure at all what did you think about that I wasn't worried for her so much as I love this moment because for once you saw Vivo show some like love to Gabby, like he started mm -hmm. laughing. He was like, maybe mm -hmm. this girl is okay. Like he didn't yeah. think her little raft was going to float. It floated. So she's a problem solver. Like she does not stress. She's like, I got plan mm -hmm. A, B, C, D, B, e, and yep. F. So yep. again, I love, I live for, for Gabby. I think she's uh, so in her element being this i don't want to say like daredevil but definitely her mother doesn't know she's missing <laughs> she she's a she's a trailblazer <laughs> she left the house with an animal and we don't even know how old gabby is so we don't i'm assuming like a seven eight type of age i wasn't worried for her in the context of this film at this moment but i will say that i wish to your point, I had a little bit more of Gabby's courage now because you do lose that when you become an adult. You do mm -hmm. start to think about and become fearful of so many things that it stops you from kind of living your best life in certain ways. Now, mm -hmm. mind you, there's a, there's a reason because we don't want to die and we're more prone to death as we get older <laughs> and have Girl, some accidents and break some things. Very much aware of it. Yes. Exactly. But I, I loved it. I thought it was such a cute scene and I wanted Gabby to succeed because it seems like she always had a backup to every endeavor <laughs> as you mentioned vivo is warming up to gabby and we we get more of that in the song keep the beat again one thing that i love about cuban and like you know the latin american sound when it comes to music is their use of percussion which is you know very indicative to our ancestors as well <laughs> we love a good beat <laughs> And, a lot um, of music is derived from African roots. <laughs> right. 
Oh, so let's go ahead and turn the conversation to that, Ashley. So as you mentioned, um, I actually have this as a question. How does this film compare to In the Height in terms of representation, in your opinion? Definitely a better spectrum in terms of showing Afro-Latina and Latino characters. Um, you even mm-hmm. had Andres, the main character. He was Afro, Afro-Latino. Afro um, mm-hmm. And the reflection and the diversity, I could see it within the neighborhood there in Cuba. I could see it when they went to Miami. I could see it in the vibrancy and, and elements that they incorporated into a lot of things. So I think he, in my opinion, and I'm not... A Hispanic Latino or Latina person mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think he he hit the mark this time and I hope yes. that the community feels the same because again that's why I said I think it's so great that this is coming on the heels of that because it gives him an mm-hmm. opportunity to show like hey listen I know that there is diversity amongst our people and I'm here mm-hmm. to celebrate it and uplift it so I thought it was beautiful what did you think? Yeah, I definitely noticed it in this film, not only when it came to the beautiful skin tones, um, but body diversity as well, because Mm -hmm. that was a complaint in in the Heights as well. Um, Because, I mean, (laughs) we've had this conversation off mic, but there's a lot of body diversity in, in, you know, Black and Latino communities, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I just find it interesting because... You know, in the heist was supposed to come out last year. So in Lin Manuel is what he's going to do is get paid, right? <laughs> and he's going to have a project, you know, waiting to come out. And and what I find interesting is that technically in the heist was supposed to come out last year anyway. And then this movie was supposed to come out. So the fact that they're both coming out, both, you know, heavily influenced in the Latinx community umbrella. I just find it very interesting because I feel like he is a, I think he's aware. I I never doubted that with him. I think he probably missed the mark within the Heights in terms of more proactive. Again, I do feel like the cast and performances in in the Heights were phenomenal. They were. Uh, Please take a listen to our recap of that as well. But I I feel like, you know, it was, it was a missed opportunity, but I I, I have faith in him. Like I said, he was just too. I mean, for me, it was never, I never shunned him for anything. I think the abilities that he's had to open doors and provide opportunities for diversity, even going back to Hamilton. I mean, he has, he has, he has definitely shown that he embraces and loves and wants to propel forward those um, of diverse backgrounds and races within his production. So it's unfortunate that In the Heights got that criticism because it was Lin-Manuel Miranda, but it's not like you can negate those complaints. If that's how exactly. that community feels, then that's how they feel. But I, once Sunny Hostin tells me that she loved Vivo, then I will know exactly. Because <laughs> like, Sunny Hostin is my pulse. Sunny Hostin is my Absolutely. pulse on the community. Our favorite, our favorite uh, Afro-Latina. Another person who can be my family member in a film because I just love her so much. Absolutely. (laughs) We stand. We stand. Okay. Sunny Hostin for sure. 
My other question with In the Heights, how does this project compare to In, in the Heights overall for you? Definitely different in terms yeah. of audience, right? But right. It, I think the re- I hadn't even thought about it just because they are so different. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. think for me, Vivo is one that I could see myself watching repetitively, whereas In the Heights, mm-hmm. I kind of think is maybe a one and done project. And that's not because mm-hmm. I didn't enjoy it, but it's because of the length, which I talked yeah. about in our recap. And yeah. also because the stories are just so different, right? Like, I feel like because this animation, the stories are just, it can be so much more vibrant and it can kind of be background noise to me and I don't have to worry Mm -hmm. about missing things or, you know, any of that stuff. Mm -hmm. It's a kid's film. So it just, it hits you different than a real life musical. But I I mean, comparable in terms of, I think my grades for them and my enjoyability, I just think Vivo will be one that I'll tune into a few more times. After the wonderful song, Keep the Beat, there's a storm. It's a storm that happens, and it's always a possibility when you're on the water. In <laughs> the freaking Everglades. Exactly. Now, so now I'm this, worried for their lives. Now I'm worried. <laughs> this child and this small mammal, okay, honey bear in particular, they're separated, Ashley. And honestly, this is where I'm freaking out for both of their safety as well, right? Uh, Vivo is introduced to <clears throat> Paper Boy and <laughs> he is in love with, it's is apparently mating season for these birds and he's in love with the great Valentina, but he doesn't know what to do. We find that Vivo realized like, hey, you got to speak up if you're in love with somebody because you don't want them to literally fly away, right? And, and so he's also probably speaking to Andre's experience, right? Because he's seen that's what I'm referring to. Yes, yep. He's he's seen what what happens. The you know, error of those ways. Because you may never get a chance to say them, right? So Oof, that's, is, that just gave me butterflies for some reason. <laughs> Seize the day, people. If you love somebody, tell them. Okay, go well, ahead. No, sorry. Especially in a freaking pandemic, Vivo becomes a matchmaker, Ashley, and the agreement was that Dorico was going to help Vivo find his friend Gabby but you know they are so in love and they go into this song love's gonna pick you up which is literally the funniest song of this movie because I don't know if you picked it up it's like love's gonna pick you up and kick you down (laughs) so funny I'm asleep on this scene so I I never could catch the full scene for some reason I don't know if it's because it's kind of like the middle of the movie but it's the one scene I kept to out too so i saw it i appreciated it i thought it was so cute but i was like look at this fickle ass bird making promises not no, and not keeping them and so vivo is all alone again and he encounters a freaking snake ashley the snake apparently only likes things quiet he narrowly outruns this freaking snake right that freaked me out so bad the first time I watched it I picked yeah. my feet up off the floor I was sitting at my table and when that yeah. snake come on my legs jumped up so fast <laughs> I hate snakes I hate yeah. snakes and we Even have the them here ones. my brother yes. just had one in his house like I'm oh. not kidding I not that large though, right? Not that large, but what's funny is they said this this snake was a python. I said that has to be a freaking anaconda. How was that a that's python? What it, that's what it definitely looked like, Ashley. I agree. It was definitely an anaconda. Terrifying. So let's cut to Gabby. Gabby is lost in the Everglades, and 
who did she find? The freaking sand dollars because old girl got her dad's boat. This is where, as an adult, I'm watching this movie. Like, where are your parents? Exactly. Seriously. And Becky, being a borderline bully, is like, hey, I got this song, but you need to find this Kikachu because we need to take care of him because you're not doing a good job. Clearly inserting herself in this conversation. <laughs> you know, in this Ish. conversation. It's like, this was none of your business to begin with. But Is she not Reese Witherspoon from Little Fires Everywhere? I'm just saying. Why did she look exactly like Reese Witherspoon, by the mm-hmm. way? Mm-hmm. I know the actress who voiced Becky is Katie Wells. She's from TGIT Scandal in particular. Mm, okay. So the snake finds its way to the girls and the girls are running for their freaking life. Oh, I mentioned that Vivo narrowly um, escaped. It's because his fickle bird friend zoomed in and caught him. So they were able to uh, get away. Yes, soundly. And Vivo was able to get the bird's eye view he needed to search for his friend Gabby. I see what you did there. Bird's eye view. I see what you did there. (laughs) Uh, I try to slide them in every once in a while. You know? <laughs> I caught it today. Last, uh, our last recap, I didn't catch the WAP reference. I, I, it took me a minute, but I caught it today. <laughs> Vivo hears his friend in danger and they're able to swoop in. Amazing song, tough crowd. It's an iteration of one of the previous songs in the, in the movie. And he was able to get the snake in a knot and everybody was able to go free. So essentially, Vivo escapes an apex predator. <laughs> Where was the alligators? Like, I was just waiting on so many things to try to come kill them. In the tussle with this great snake, the song is destroyed in the mm. water. Tragedy. Now, this part... I was really sad. The first time I saw this, I was like, this is really sad. Yeah. <laughs> like, she wouldn't be able to see Andrea's original writings. You know what I mean? That's like, I was that sentimental about it. You know what I mean? Exactly. Especially now that he's gone. And in the movie previously, they made um, reference to the fact that Vivo knew the melody and that Gabby read the lyrics because all hope is not gone. They realized that they could put what they put to memory together. And so Gabby and Vivo rewrite this wonderful song for, for Marta. And they make their way to Miami. This Running Out of Time song was very cute. It was like, M-I-A-M-I, running out of time. <laughs> I'm like, I see what they're doing here. Oh my gosh. You know what I mean? They were too much for me. How did y'all make it through this? How did y'all find y'all way to Miami? Like without any navigation? Like it was just. I mean, they had their cell phones, mind you. They're in the middle of freaking swamp. So like who, who knows if that's real. These are some real. resourceful children. Children. If you were their parents, Ashley, <laughs> how would you feel if you knew your child made it through something like that? I mean, I would have been terrified for them, right? Like I went missing yes. once, Delora. And my mom still talks about it to this day. Are you serious? <laughs> yes. No, nothing of the sort. <laughs> what? It was totally accidental, right? I was three. I was even younger than these kids. And so I'm three. My brother's two years older. My brother was five. We we're outside playing. Somehow, even though I'm the baby, I tell my brother, hey, we should go for a walk around the neighborhood. And my brother, I guess, agreed and said, okay. So this little three and five year old took a walk 
around the block, around the full little neighborhood, probably took us a good 20 or 30 minutes. All I remember seeing is my mom running down the sidewalk desperately looking for us and as a kid you're just like oh mom no big deal we're fine we're fine it's all good my mom said that was the most terrifying moment that she had because can you imagine no kids you 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 look outside and your kids are suddenly vanished and thankfully it's not the era that it is today where I think parents had all the crazy things that they could have today running Mm -hmm. through their minds but for sure That will panic you. So if my kids, like, mind you, we left and walked around the neighborhood. If my kid left the house, thought that they had caught a bus, they ended up on a makeshift raft going through the freaking Everglades. My kid may never leave the house again until they're 18 years old. Like, I would be terrified. 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 I'm an adult. You're a child. You're fearless. But I know you can be so easily killed out here or worse. I mean, because death is not always the worst thing that can happen to you. You know what I mean? A lot of crazy, crazy shit going down in this world, children. Stay safe. Stay out these streets. That's all I got. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Ash. (laughs) So Vivo and Gabby make it to the Mambo Cabana. Literally showtime. In this time, though... Marta is actively looking for Andreas. She is given the word shortly before it's time for her to go on stage that he has passed on. And she's visited by his honey bear, which is something that kind of cracks me up. She's like, oh, Vivo, what is this? Like, such an animated. Exactly. (laughs) Because in real life, if you see this damn animal sitting here, when you turn your head, you're going to scream and run out the room. Guys, look up a Kikachu. It's terrifying. It is a member of the raccoon family. No. They're ugly. No. They're, there's nothing cute or cuddly about them. No. Frankly. They made that look like an adorable stuffed animal. That is not Absolutely. reality. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> but she gets the song, Ashley, and the, the great Gloria Estevan sings Inside Your Heart. Fun fact, there's already speculation, specifically from Variety, that thinks that this song could be in the running for best original song at the Academy Awards. Oh, it's going to win in that case. (laughs) This is the part where I was bawling my little eyes out. So Mm -hmm. when she's singing this song and you see Vivo, Gabby, and Rosa all there and excited that the song made it in time. And he has the vision of Andreas and young Marta dancing with each other. It took me out. And even before okay. that, so before Rosa and Gabby and Vivo made it to the actual stadium, we find out that Gabby was very bent on delivering this song because she understood how important it is to let your loved one know that you love them. Um, one thing that I didn't mention yet in this recap is the fact that Gabby's father had passed away mm-hmm. and it is safe to assume that he died suddenly because she did not get a chance to tell him that she loved him. In that scene, that kind of got to me too. And Rosa was able to comfort Gabby that her father did indeed know how much she loved her. What did you think about Gabby's revelation? I picked up on it a little bit earlier in the film when Vivo was talking to her about wanting to go take the song and she glanced over at the photo of her father. But 
it was a very emotional bonding moment to me more so between her and her mother, because mm-hmm. I had felt a sense of like tension between her and her mother mm-hmm. throughout the whole film and mm-hmm. her wanting Gabby to conform and be somebody Gabby's not. So I think this just gave a better understanding to their relationship and a bonding moment that I thought was beautiful. Cause you can kind of tell that she was probably a little bit closer to her dad or had, you know, more in common yeah. with her dad. And you could tell that her mom was using the tools that she understood exactly. for little girls, her age to do. She's like, when she was trying to convince her to wear the uniform, she's like, wear the uniform. It'll be fun. You'll look cute. You'll take pictures. You know what I mean? Like she's yeah. going off of what she understood, you know, or also what she likes, like, you know, some mm-hmm. parents, they have that idea of what their children are going to be like and hope that they have in common with and kids come out with their own individual identity. Absolutely. So you may want to go get a manicure and pedicure. Your daughter does not want to go do that. So exactly. That would break uh, my heart. But yeah. Aw, have, to, have to embrace, <laughs> have to embrace the individuality of your children. So yeah, I loved it for that. I loved it for the understanding between mother and daughter mm-hmm. in that moment. It's mm-hmm. beautiful. And also it reminded us Gabby is a kid. Like this is the first mm-hmm. moment that Gabby has shown any weakness, any sadness. Vulnerability been, for yeah, sure. Yeah, she's been so upbeat and wonderful throughout the whole film. Mm-hmm. She's she's just a kid. She's a beautiful You feel like that kid. was a coping mechanism, like a like a shield for uh, her into the world. It could have been to a certain extent. I'm sure she was always like that, you know, to I don't think that this was a stark difference in how she was before her father passed away but I I know people like that who are able to put on that face and always be happy and and Mm -hmm. do what they need to do and obviously they're still human though you know even Mm -hmm. with loss and with grief Mm -hmm. they're they're still human they have their moments so good for Gabby man I learned I learned a lot from that kid (laughs) absolutely I did too I'm glad that you say that because again to some of the points I was making earlier I love that she was she was unapologetic about mm-hmm. who she was. I just loved every moment of it, even when she's dead wrong. I think that's where I used to deal with is just wanting to do things the right way, right? Yeah. But it's like, what is actually the right way in some in some cases? You know what I mean? That is an excellent point an excellent point i saw a headline today um and i feel like i've been talking about kanye way too much because i don't like that dude like that but (laughs) kim kardashian basically said one thing she really took from her relationship with kanye is that that idea of not being a people pleaser because kanye doesn't Mm -hmm. care what anybody thinks about him whatsoever and that has helped her so much and i think gabby is much the same right it's like i'm not seeking societal approval i'm not mom i'm not even seeking your approval right or validation like i know who i am and i'm gonna live in that truth and embrace that and I'm glad that it's something some people get to take into adulthood. Not everybody takes that yeah. into adulthood because yeah. the world can beat you down. But it keep really going, can. Gabby. Keep that spirit. Keep going. We're rooting for you, sis. Um, <laughs> so we have the grand finale. Y'all couldn't see me, but I put my fist up. Anyway. <laughs> we have the grand finale. Again, to one of the things that I personally love about Lin-Manuel is his use of... Um, song through that's a term that describes um like certain songs or phrases being reused throughout the entire musical all the favorite parts of uh, the musical all ending in one beautiful bow one of the things i also love about the lola lola part is lin-manuel loves classical broadway musicals and one of his favorites is uh, fiddler on the roof 
one of my hidden gems from one of our original episodes. And he loves the, if I were a rich man, la 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 repetition of it. Yeah. It's the, it's a play on the I'm saying it all wrong. Granted, I've been singing these songs nonstop since I've watched it like last week, but anyway, the music was so much fun. So much excitement. I just have a couple of closing uh, questions for you, Ashley. Okay. First, are you a Vivo or a Gap? Ooh, what a question. I am <laughs> probably a Vivo in the fact that <laughs> like, I can definitely have a little bit of an attitude when I don't want to do things <laughs> and people try to force me to do things. But I'll say in terms of Gabby, I think I retain some of my sense of strongly knowing who I am that Gabby mm-hmm. has. And I would say mm-hmm. probably even Vivo has, right? But I'm not as fearful mm-hmm. of change as Vivo is. I'll say that for sure. So maybe mm-hmm. I'm a little bit of a mixture of the two, but I'll probably mm-hmm. lean a little bit more Vivo in my adulthood than Gabby. What about you? <laughs> I agree. I think I'm a Vivo too. I, I agree with you also on the fact that I am more adaptive to change than he is, mm-hmm. but I greatly appreciated um, the the comments he had to, about her, like, when she, again, completely dead wrong. Like, <laughs> let me teach you how to play drums. And he was like, no, that's not how you play it. And so he shows her in his finesse, right? And she's like, oh, my goodness, I'm a great teacher. It's like, sis, what? No, you're not. <laughs> you are not. And I also want to note that I feel like Lin-Manuel was meant to play a uh, the voice of an animated small mammal. I absolutely believe like it was like the perfect fit. (laughs) I would agree. Agreed. All right, Ashley. And then my final question is, it's, um, has a lot to do with, uh, Lin-Manuel's canon at this point. Uh, do you have a preference between any of his projects? Probably Hamilton. I mean, I cannot Mm -hmm. deny that Hamilton was truly, truly, a masterpiece when mm-hmm. I had the opportunity to see it on stage. I mean, I think that what he was able to do and the success that it had was not a fluke. I think it was well mm-hmm. done, well acted. The musicality was incredible. And I'm mm-hmm. a grown adult. So again, I love kids films, but mm-hmm. I, I I want to be able to understand and have deep resonance with adult themes. And mm-hmm. so, I mean, Hamilton gave you a lot of that between relationships with siblings, between love, mm-hmm. between politics, between um, success and failure, between betrayal. You know, there was a lot going on in Hamilton. So I cannot deny it. And I can only guess what your favorite is. But go ahead and tell us. What's your guess, Ashley? I'd love to know your guess. If we thought that it was anything other than Hamilton, the film and musical that you talk about, uh, maybe at least every other episode. (laughs) I reference in every conversation. I feel like (laughs) maybe we'd be correct. But but you let let me and our listeners know what it is. Oh, Ashley. Oh, Ashley. Okay. You know, Hamilton is one heck of an introduction, right? <laughs> to someone, right? So yes, Hamilton is up there. And I have to, I have to admit, I've, 
I've enjoyed all of his projects so far. I'm referring specifically to the ones where he was heavily, you know, handed Hamilton in the Heights and now Vivo. Mm -hmm. I think the only problem with Vivo is again, because I have grown familiar with his work, you kind of literally, there are moments where I'm singing one of his songs and I'm like, okay, this reminds me of this song from In the Heights. Okay. I'm singing another song. This song reminds me of this song from Hamilton. So, so that, that's the only thing that I, that's the only thing that I wish I didn't know. Yeah. (laughs) Also, I mean, you love the soundtracks right i mean you listen to them the way people listen to their favorite albums and stuff so you're intimately familiar with the music so yeah Yeah. you're ready for him to reinvent himself you're like okay i've listened to just a little bit top three or four albums now i'm ready for a little switch up yeah and you know he's he's in the little mermaid i did not know that yes ma'am all right that's part of the reason why i brought that up a little bit earlier too i do have my final thought which was as much as Vivo fought against coming to Florida and wanting to be in Florida, Dolores, I don't know what he would have done with with himself if he had stayed in Cuba. At the yeah. end, I love the fact that he has family, right? Yes. And yes. it's still Andre's family. So I felt oh, so yes. happy that he was going to be taken care of and loved. And that's my An last extension. that's my last point. I'm done. Beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> We're about to make Laura cry on the pod for the first time. <laughs> Oh, if there's nothing else, thank you so much, Ashley. Of course. Now it's time for the hidden gems. Absolutely. I have two as usual. My first one, man, glow up on Netflix. I have binged the crap out of this series, Delora. There are three seasons and I'm at the end of season three. I love it so much. There's a new host in the third season, the beautiful Maya Gemma. Um, But this is a British show. Um, I love the two judges that they have who are longtime uh, well-known makeup artists in the industry. Um, But it also just for me personally really made me want to play more and be more experimental with makeup. I'm not a big makeup person. I do the bare basics of some concealer, some tinted moisturizer, maybe a little uh, eyeshadow, lipstick, a mascara. But girl, I was like, hmm, I mean, I may have to buy some things. I may have to play with some things. So mm-hmm. it's just deep in my appreciation for the art form. And what some of these makeup artists can create is amazing. So that is Glow Up, three seasons on Netflix. My second hidden gem, Summer of Soul on Hulu. My brother must have talked to me about this at least five times. And I finally checked out the documentary. It is directed by Questlove. And the film shows scenes of the Harlem Cultural Festival of 1969. This has previously never been televised. Artists such as Stevie Wonder, My Girl Nina Simone, B.B. King, David Ruffin, and Gladys Knight all performed. And it went on at the same time as Woodstock, yet I had never heard about it. It was an erasure of Black history, which we know happens way too often. Um, Mm -hmm. My highlight, though... They were archived for 50 years. Girl, sitting in somebody's basement... My cultural highlight from it, though, was the rendition of Oh Happy Day that the Eddie Hawkins singers did, because obviously being a Sister Act 2 fan, I was like, hold on. This was the inspiration for Oh Happy Mm -hmm. Day. Like, I never even knew that song was their performance of that was an international hit. In 1969, and I never even knew that. So I always appreciate these types of nuggets of information. I love the -hmm. cultural gems I get from this. I love Mm -hmm. feeling enriched amongst my people. And Mm -hmm. I love the documentary. So Summer of Soul, guys, on Hulu, check it out. And those are my two hidden gems, Delora. What about you? Thank you, Ashley. Fun fact, that's actually one of Amara's favorite songs, the 
the oh, happy day oh happy day yes Look, um, <laughs> see amar is about to be putting me on to some things i already know <laughs> all right ashley i have two hidden gems this week as well the first if you aren't sick of lin-manuel miranda <laughs> <laughs> And you want even more. He had a documentary come out in 2020 called We Are Freestyle Love Supreme. It is a documentary full of interviews and archival footage that tells the story of the hip-hop improv group Freestyle Love Supreme. I'm not going to lie. In the beginning of this documentary, it was painfully embarrassing looking at a, a group of young men trying to rap <laughs> like 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 obviously nowhere near the culture <laughs> but they are inspired by it so they are theater geeks who love hip-hop so they are trying to create their own rhymes and things and it's a little, it's a little painful but <laughs> more talented members join the group and it makes the <laughs> documentary even more interesting even Lin-Manuel is much as you know, I love him and his writing style. Seeing him in some of his impromptu reps as a 25-year-old New Yorker was kind of painful. I'm not a little cringy. Lie. A little cringy, but I learned so much. And I just love the fact that a group of friends started something because of their love of, you know, improv and hip hop. And these are some major hitters in today's industry, specifically in New York. Thomas Kale, he's the director of Hamilton and in the Heights. And he was a production, he started a production company that produced these musicals. And now they're like award-winning wealthy men. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like you gotta start from somewhere, Delora. Sounds like us that's all i'll say yes, yes. <laughs> we gotta stick together and that's the one thing i will also give lim and well i found out that they did add a woman to this group because it was a group of men originally and it's grown and expanded chris jackson christopher jackson aka george washington was originally part of the group even Davy Diggs, he wasn't in the documentary, but I later found out that he was part of the group. Again, small group of guys who had a love for something and they worked together and they were able to stick together and build some really monumental projects that are so, that has affected the culture. You know what I mean? And um, I was mentioning the young lady that they add, her name's Anissa. She's actually the singing voice for Valentina in Vivo. So he's really big on keeping his crew in the tight. Circle so. tight. Yeah. So that's uh, my first hidden gem. And my second hidden gem is an Instagram account called the Afro Latin Diaspora. It is an account. It has about 92,000 followers. And it's it was informational for me. So I found this account actually during my research for In the Heights to get the Afro-Latina perspective of, you know, feeling in some ways shut out of mm -hmm. such a major project. Mm -hmm. And they really play up, you know, highlighting Afro-Latinas and Latinos across the diaspora. So they highlighted the beautiful gymnast that won uh, silver during the Olympics. They highlighted a lot of musicians and they actually kind of play into the struggles of identity that I being African-American never had this issue. So right. it's like, <laughs> it's very eye-opening. And I, I think it's worth checking out, especially 
see what a group of people who feel like they don't have a lot of visibility within their culture, what what they have to say. So you should definitely check it out. Those are my awesome. hands gems, Ashley. Awesome. Thank you so much for the knowledge drop, girl. Of course. Thank you. We have another episode dropping on Thursday. Hot topics, headlines, talking a little ish. Can't wait for you guys to check it out. Delora, that's all Can I got, girl. Wait. Love you so much. Love you too. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening. Bye.